This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including eBooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. And today I am very happy to say we have Mark Alizart on the show, and we're going to be talking about his new book, Dogs. One of the things I really like about this book is the telegraphicness. Did I just make that word up? Of the title. This book is about dogs. <laughs> so many times you see books and you don't exactly know what they are about, having read the title. But this one's about dogs. And Mark and I have already had an interesting email exchange about dogs. There's a beautiful Weimariner on the cover of the book, and I hope we get to talk about that as well. Uh, I've had dogs myself. I did when I was a kid. I haven't had one for a long time, but I enjoyed them very much. And I also enjoyed reading Mark's terrific book. It's just out from Polity Press, so I encourage you to go out and get a copy of it. But let me turn directly to Mark. Mark, thank you for being on the show. Hi, Marshall. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Could you begin the interview by telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay. So, um, well, I, 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 uh, I'm a philosopher. Um, I was trained as a philosopher anyways, uh, although I'm interested in lots of other things. I'm not a teacher, actually. Um, I, I, I write books, but uh, I, 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 as of for a living, I, I used to work in contemporary art uh, in the Saint Pompidou in Paris. Where I live, and uh, at the Palais de Tokyo, at the Ministry of Culture, and uh, now I'm I'm a full-time writer right now, and um, and that's that's about most yeah what I could say. Well, that's a lot. <laughs> that, that's a lot, and we discussed earlier in the pre-interview how you get to go have a croissant every absolutely, morning absolutely. around the corner in Paris. I was going to say you dog you. <laughs> <because> <laughs> I don't get to do that where I live. So anyway, tell us why you wrote the book Dogs. Actually, it's it's it's, it's really a coincidence because um, I mean I never thought that as a philosopher I would. Uh, write a book on dogs at any time. I mean, it's not why I got into philosophy. I got into philosophy because of uh, astrophysics and computer science and quantum mechanics and the profound desire to understand the world uh, in, a, in a very metaphysical way. I mean, like you can imagine eighteen years old guy going into philosophy, and uh, it, it actually fell on, on it fell upon me after I, I adopted a dog. Which was my first dog. Well, not exactly my first dog. It's my my grandfather used to have a dog, but but my first personal dog, and that was about three or four years ago, and um, and unfortunately uh, he died very very young, 
and uh, I, 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 the sorrow that that it brought to me was was very profound, deep, and and, and lasted a very long time. And uh, after a year of mourning, I, I actually thought I had to do something about it. I need, I had to overcome this 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 melancholy. And, and and that meant understanding the meaning of what we had lived together, and um, and and I, I it really it didn't really start like a book about like I didn't think about what's the philosophy of dogs, but I just wanted to write this kind of letter to my dog and, and impressions of the life we had had together, and also I guess I felt there's something wrong with the way dogs are treated and, and the way. I couldn't relate to any picture, image, description of a dog in culture, in popular culture, or or, or even in, in 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 high culture. I mean, there's no Moby Dick of dogs. There's no Cat in Boots. Of, no, there's no Cat in Boots of dogs. And uh, when you do fall on dogs, uh, it, 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 it'll be uh, probably children's books. Scooby-Doo, uh, Santa's Little Helper, Ring Tin Tin, Lassie, which are, they're great dogs, but I mean, it, it, it has nothing about the gravitas or the, 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 the something deeper that I felt well related to me to my dog. And, and, and I thought it's pretty, pretty weird. It's actually even worse because when you, when you, a dog is, is basically an insult for many languages. Uh, right, we'll talk about the Bible. That. When you get to philosophers, uh, properly speaking, they, they all have kind of animal they like, like wolves for Gilles Deleuze, or, 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 or I don't know, uh, owls for Hegel. Or, but you'll never see a dog. And, uh, and you, you, you can even read things like from Gilles Deleuze saying that dogs are the shame of, of the animal kingdom, which is, I mean, that, that's where the philosophy started in the sense that I, I thought there's such discrepancy between uh, the importance of dogs in our lives, and I'm talking about the, the life of the species we are, because dogs have been around for 50,000 years and have helped us enormously, tremendously. They, they, I mean, there's lots of there are lots of scientific literature on dogs. There's been a, a very interesting uh, renewal of, of interest in dogs, but uh, uh, but but that but the how and why they're so important on one side and so so invisible on the other uh, I felt like actually a, a philosophical problem which needed to be treated as such and so that's how it started well it is very interesting you've said a lot there I, I, I've owned a lot of different kinds of animals I don't know if own is the right word but I'm going to yeah, probably yeah, get in trouble no, for that really, yeah. <laughs> and, and so I've had dogs and I've had cats and I've had fish and I've had birds I, and I have to say that of all of them Dogs are very different. It's true. I've, I've also, than any of them. I have fish and I have a bird, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and okay. I have a cat. And I, and I agree. I mean, there 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 are things that, are, that they all have in common. And which is, what's even more bizarre is that even when you look at a, at a, at a bird scratching his head, you'll 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 feel something common with the bird. You'll scratch your head about practicing it the same way. It's very strange, like evolution traits kind of stay the same for, for, for 
for centuries and, and millions of years. But uh, yeah, you're, I agree, dogs are very, very different. And I mean, scientists know how to, 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 to show that difference. They're even very different from apes, which are usually the, the, the most, uh, the, the, the animals we think are the most evolved. They, they, I, I wouldn't say they're more intelligent because the, the intelligence of animals is a very complicated topic. And I'm not, a, and I'm not, a, yeah. again, I mean, I'm not a, I, Although I'm a philosopher, I'm, I'm, I, I, I read and write philosophy. I, I, I'm not a specialist of animal rights or animal philosophy as such, which is a topic, a domain in itself. But I've read a lot about it, and 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 um, and there is a special intelligence of dog, which is probably more like something an, an, an incredible empathy they have, and 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 way of recognizing what we do, how we do it, how where we look. Um, there's this, this this guy who wrote this book. I, I forgot his name. Who says he was studying he was studying apes, great apes, and at one point he 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 he, he realized he, the, the, the the ape couldn't do something his dog could do very easily without even learning, and he thought dogs can do that. And he wrote a whole book about it. It's very interesting. I think you're exactly right. I I guess the word having read your book that and, and just. Having heard what you said, it, it kind of comes down, and this is a sort of a colloquial way of putting it. If I think of all the animals that I've had, only one has been a companion, what I would truly call a companion, and that's the dog. You you can't be a companion with a fish. <laughs> you can't be a companion with a bird. At least I've never managed it. And cats don't care about us. Well, well, <laughs> I, I would, maybe I would say you can. I I I think. Like people who have parrots say that, that that you can be a companion, but I understand what you mean. I, I the way I, I used to, to put it is that uh, uh, but, um, cats or, or birds or other species tolerate us. They they they, they accept to be to to live with us, but only so far as they tolerate that we live with them. Um, dogs is very different. Dog, dogs actually. Uh, make a, a special bond with us, and it's they're the only they're the only animals in the in the whole animal kingdom that make a a, a, a bond with two species, their own and and ours, and and that's that's unique. It seems to me that, as opposed to say fish or birds or something like that, that when you interact with a dog, or at least when I interact with a dog, that it seems to kind of like the interaction. But again, I I, I sort of fear that there's a moment of anthropomorphization here. And in fact, this is just some sort of evolved behavior and that I am uh, imputing to the dog motives or thoughts that the dog is not having. Well, it's very difficult, yes, to, to not anthropomize, anthropomorphize our, our relation to dogs but um, and animals in general. But uh, I think, it's, I think it's, it's true what you're saying. Um, dogs do like us. I, I, I have... I have, I have I'm, I'm surprised by the fact that he's he's very happy. My dog is very happy. The, 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 my present dog is very happy when, uh, when obviously when we go out, we do some things, some some things that he, he likes to do. But also when he understands what I mean or what I'm trying to tell him or teach him, and reciprocally when 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 I understand with what he wants. It's like that. The, there's a pleasure of communication, uh, which uh, yes, absolutely, you wouldn't have at all with a with a with a, another kind of animal, I guess. But still, I mean, 
there's so much going on in animal studies that show that elephants or, or, or parrots or, or or even evolved fish understand much more than we than we understand about ourselves. That I, I put all this in brackets, but there is something very special that's typical to dogs. If I well, if I refer to scientific literature again, which it seems that because they have been with us for so long. They have co-evolved with us, and this is very, very, very unique. Um, we actually share a kind of, of, of brain together. Um, uh, our, our brain, 30,000 years ago, uh, was relieved of certain functions that were assumed by dogs, uh, like the vigilance, for instance, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and we created a tandem together, uh, dogs assuming a certain number of things for us. And, and we could do other things with, that, 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 with this brain space we had uh, that was freed by, by the dogs. So in a sense, it is very true that we are, we are, it's not only that dogs are a special animal, it's just that we with dogs constitute some kind of hybrid, which is a, a uh, an animal in itself, an animal with two heads or, 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 or you know, um, feet and hands. And, and I, I mean, it's, it's very, it's very special, but uh, to come back to philosophy, uh, someone who speaks very well of that is Donna Haraway, because obviously there, there has been philosophy written about dogs and, and her, her book was a seminal book uh, called the, the, the Companion Species Manifesto, where she, Revealed that she had that she had the dogs and she loved dogs and and explained why and and one of the reasons why is that is is that she, she explains that it, it 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 fits into her theory that we are made of hybrids of nature and culture and that uh, and that dogs are really part of us. Yeah, that that makes very good sense to me, and I think that is correct. There is something about the emotional quality that you feel with a dog, it's reactivity. It, it responds to you in a way that seems almost human-like, but it's so ordinarily uh, beneficent that it's almost not human-like because they seem to just really in, often really enjoy our company. I want, to, I want to talk about one thing, though, and that is that how dogs essentially got this way. And again, I'm, I'm not an expert on evolution, but it seems to me they're the product of what would be called in um, the biological sciences really hard selection. That is that that these traits that we see have essentially been engineered by a kind of Darwinian process where we selected dogs that behaved in this way. Is that borne out by what you know? Um, yes, obviously there has been a lot of selection uh, going on with dogs because because they they pair so many services and they can be trained as guard dogs as shepherd dogs and and, and everything. Uh, there, there are lots of competing theories on this actually because it's it it tends to it tends to um, to to say that uh, we we captured wolves and tamed them and selected them to make them nicer to us and kinder and, and less aggressive and 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 i'm not sure about this way of seeing things i i rather prefer the idea of the co-evolution thing uh, uh, which means that we we have taken of dogs as much as they've taken of us uh there's this new theory i wrote about uh, I, I read about which is, which is fantastic it's the idea that it's not actually that 
like demi wolves came and close to to human camps and and, and started eating their scraps and, and 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 they all started living together but there's this 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 other idea is that humans actually um observed how wolves lived and i'm talking about homo sapiens i'm talking about 45 45,000 years ago and and picked upon their traits of character because packs of wolves are actually much more or were much more evolved socially than than human beings at the time uh, they're very complicated social structures so um i don't know in 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 which direction came the selection really i i i mean uh, you know there's there's another there's another amazing book uh, that that says that neanderthals uh disappeared because they didn't manage to to bond with dogs and this is that would be one of the reasons why homo sapiens uh, um uh, survived and 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 uh, Uh, and Neanderthal disappeared, and and I I think it might be true. I mean, uh, the, the, this 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 it's incredibly powerful, both the hybrid that that we constitute with dog, but also this idea that we that we espouse their social values as as wolves, and 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 we imported them in human societies and made these societies better and more efficient. So it really goes both ways. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's Shopify.com/system. Yeah, well, one of the things I just have to mention because it's always sort of blown my mind is the morphological diversity of dogs, as opposed to, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble for this, but almost any other species, because dogs are all one species. They are just dogs, and they can all interbreed. That includes a Doberman Pinscher and your little lap dog, and and and. And the thing about it is, like, if you look at morphological diversity in humans, it's extraordinarily limited. I mean, sure, there's some seven footers out there, and there's some short people, and you know, they, they come in different shapes and sizes. But dogs, it's just truly astounding the morphological kind of plasticity of the dog. Uh, you know, understructure. I don't know what the word is for this in evolution, but it seems to have the ability to morph in ways that, yeah, it's incredible. Phenotype. Mm. I mean, I, really I never amazing. thought about it. Actually, I just, I just, I have to, I have to agree. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, although, it, although there's something which is, it's, 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 it is really their phenotype in, in the sense that what strikes me is the reverse. In the sense that dogs don't seem to be very no, sensitive don't. to this <laughs> between them. I mean, I mean, they, 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 they will. I mean, my my dog will will bark at a bigger dog, or or, or maybe get scared of a smaller dog, and and he has different reactions towards dogs and their sizes. But but it's 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 very difficult to 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 know why, how, when. I mean, other times he will just have lots of fun with an enormous dog and 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 it, it just seemed to be totally indifferent to this diversity 
But that's why you also find in in you know interbreed dogs uh, made of, of poodles yeah, and, right. and, yeah, and no, fine it's, it's, a, it's an astounding thing. <laughs> how does this I, I would work? love to have it's, a biologist come on to the show and explain exactly how this can be. Because if you look at morphological diversity yeah. in most species, it's oh I don't know again I could be totally wrong, but uh, there's I, I've not seen anything that approaches that's in my own personal experience dogs, not even cats, because cats essentially come in one size. Mm. I'll get in trouble for that too, but they essentially come in one side and but <laughs> well they're creating these dog cats like the men coons which yeah, are huge but the, 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 yeah the diversity of dogs is a, it's kind of an amazing thing uh at least it strikes me as a, an astounding evolutionary fact and I, I can't really explain it so if you're a biologist please come on to the show and explain it to me um I wanted to talk a little bit about the image of dogs and as you point out there is i'd never thought about it but there really is no they don't generally have a terribly positive image in at least the Western canon. That's the only one I know. I mean, I, I can think of one good story about a dog, and that's when a dog dies. And that's essentially when Odysseus comes home. And I forget the dog's name, oh, but it just lays down and is yeah, right, lays down and dies. That's that's its big moment. So can you talk a little bit about the image of dogs in the Western canon in generally? Well, uh there's one thing we could say, which which would actually be more than Western, it would be universal, uh, and it's a very simple example we can comes to mind, which is the fact that um, no country in the world has a dog for emblem. Is that true? Is that yeah? That's right. Yeah. That's you, right. you know, the, the Americans have the bald eagle, and then the, the English uh, have lions. Although lions probably never. Put their feet on the on the ground of England, and uh, the, the Russians will have the bear, and and we. But absolutely no country has a dog for emblem, which is fascinating when you come to think of it. Again, when, because dogs have been around for so long and pay so many services, and and then so essential to our life, and we love them so much. And but no, um, uh, 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 you find uh, so if we, if we stick to the Western can, we can see also that the there's no there are not dogs in the Bible the Old Testament, the New Testament, that the apostles have all animals as, as symbols, but no dog. And um, it's, 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 you really have to go back to, to antiquity to find uh, dogs um, uh, figured and, and, and actually worshipped. Uh, that's, that's a huge difference with our, with, with, with uh, our culture today. Because if you go back to, to ancient Greece, you'll find Cerberus who, who, who keeps the, the, the gates of hell. Uh, but you also find Anubis in ancient Egypt. Same thing. He he, he keeps the gates of of, of hell or, or, or passes the the, the 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 souls of the dead to Osiris. And uh, you'll find this in Maya culture with Xolot, who's also the, the the kind of servant god of of, of death. You'll find this in Indian culture with Kalabairava, who is a dog, who's the god of death, and has got a dog along his side. You'll find this problem. You know, this 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 thing is is a universal trait that both dogs have is, have kind of been invisibilized, if you if you let me invent this word, and uh, and also when they are present, it ha it is as the gods of the shadows. Uh, and that's that's very interesting because yet again it, it it forces us to to well to 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 exercise our, our mind on something which could be a deeper meaning of of what dogs are to us. 
you care to speculate on why that is the case? I mean, I, I could speculate a little bit. I mean, I, I, I suppose you could say, well, dogs were disease carriers. There were often wild dogs around. They, some of them share a kinship with wolves and they'll eat you. Uh, so there, there are reasons to dislike dogs, but they've always been kept. I think there are two, re- two main reasons for this. Uh, the, the, the first one is that dogs are actually difficult to represent, uh, to, to, to figure out, because they're uh, intermediate animals. Uh, they, they have a part of themselves is, is, is into nature and, and, and another one is, is with us. They're hybrids, as I was saying, and, and this is actually the meaning, I think, of, the, of the, 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 their worshipping as gods of death, uh, because what they do is that they, 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 they are between life and death. They are the gods of thresholds, and uh, they are between li- night and day. Like Zalot, the the, the Nayan god, um, is also the god of that that brings the sun um, into the abyss, um, and and they're messengers in that sense. Uh, and it's very difficult. That thresholds is something that are very difficult to represent, uh, in generally speaking. Because we don't know where to put them, then they're not on, on on one side. Not that's what that's why I, I like to say that their dogs are dialectical animals, and uh, and, and I'm and I'm always a bit. I, I love Hegel, but I'm I'm, I'm I, f- I feel sorry that he didn't understand that dogs were were his 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 philosophical animal much more than the owl. Uh, uh, because really, they are these 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 dialectical beings that that bring together opposites. So that's one thing, and the other is 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 probably more um, has more to do with the unconscious, uh, with with repressed feelings and desires. Because every time you encounter something or someone that is both a totem and a taboo, worshipped and 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 and. and uh, made a disgusting thing at the same time you have to deal with, with powerful deeper things which are in our, in our, in our own shadows uh, and, and this I think has something to do with their submissive sub, submissiveness uh, which is something which makes us very uneasy um, uh, it, it's that's another concept that we have lots of difficulty dealing with um, and mainly because, as Freud has told us, um, uh, masculinity, which which has permeated our cultures and our civilizations for millennials, uh, um, has to repress uh, submissiveness, and it has to repress the strange pleasure that we can take in submissiveness when we are children. And dogs seem to uh, express and to show off this pleasure of submissiveness in a very, very peculiar way, which, which I think makes us both proud of having dogs because we, we feel we're mastering these powerful animals and, and uh, also ashamed, if I, if I take the word of Deleuze, uh, the, sh- the shame of the natural kingdom, because uh, we're so close to dogs, we would like them to, to be like us and to refuse submissiveness and to be free and, and, and to show their... Their, 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 their own will of power and and they don't they don't they they they, they enjoy this state um, and and I, I I think I think we just yeah we we're, we're faced 
with our own contradictions and our own repressed desires. And that's why I think it's so important actually to have a dog because it, it, it means we, 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 we have to face and go and delve into our own inner, uh, darkness and, and, and make peace and with, 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 with our own desires. I, I, one of the things that you've, I want to come back to submissiveness in a second because I'd never thought of that. Uh, <laughs> that's a very, very good point. But one of the things that you reminded me of when you were speaking is, um, philosophers who think a lot about robots, <laughs> and there are such, uh, they talk about this uncanny valley. That is, if you have a robot that just looks like a robot, you're comfortable with it. But if you have a robot that looks quite like a human, but isn't quite a human, that's very disturbing. People are very off-put by this. There have been experiments and things. They don't quite, they, they don't feel comfortable with it. And dogs kind of occupy that space because there's something very kindred about them, something very human about them, but they're not human. They, they act they act in that way, but it's, it's a little bit are. disturbing in a way because they're so much like us, Yeah, but very, they're not yeah. us. <laughs> that's very interesting. I, I, I love the, uh, the uncanny valley concept. It's great. And you're, you're absolutely right. And actually Donna Haraway wrote on cyborgs and, and I don't think she has ever mentioned the link between cyborgs and dogs in that sense, but you're right. And the, 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 the word, the sole word of shame is so specific to, to us. I mean, we only have shame and feel shame for another human. We don't feel shame for birds or, or, or if we see um, elephants copulating, we won't feel shame. But we feel shame if dogs do it. So that, that really goes to show how much we do identify with them. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's exactly right. I mean, for, I, I, I hate to mention this because we had a lot of dogs on Instagram, but occasionally a dog will hump your leg. Absolutely, and and there's something so disturbing about that. I I don't even know where to start, but like everybody just looks around, like no. Well, you know, know, people people on Instagram even have invented ways of of hiding their modesty. You know, of of of, they they they, it's it's crazy, it's it's ridiculous. But yes, it's it's it is because we 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 share this 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 common destiny between dogs and us. They they do absolutely represent and, and lots of things we fantasize about and, and in a sense you know i i come from a place and I don't, culture is probably too high-minded a word for it but from a place in the united states where we had working dogs and we hunted them um they were largely pointers but we had weimaraners as well and there's a beautiful weimaraner in fact this weimaraner on the cover of your book keeps staring at me <laughs> I, I, I got to turn it over because it's bothering me. Um, and and the thing about it is, we kind of had one thing I noticed when I was young is, is that we had to make an effort to treat those dogs sternly and cruelly because they were working dogs. But it was an effort. Like we we, it was something that men did. Let me put it that way: that the men that I grew up with who went hunting with me, they made a a, a point, an effort, just to say that's just a dog. It's nothing more. It's just a working dog. But this was hard. It was hard for me, and I think it was hard for them. And, you know, sometimes they'd have to be put down. And if they behaved badly, if they bit somebody where I grew up, if a dog bit you, that dog was dead. It was not going to get a second chance. Um, and, and, but I do remember the effort, the emotional effort that it took to, to deal with dogs as 
as dogs, I guess I would say. If that that's a little bit um that's that's a conflation or equivocation, but you get my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I and I also imagine that people who who uh, who do work with dogs might find our conversation a bit preposterous, or at least we shouldn't. Yeah, be I over- think they might. Yeah, we shouldn't be overthinking dogs because dogs are just dogs, just as you just said. And it, maybe, I mean, maybe it's 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 something to do with the fact that our dogs are not working dogs anymore. They're lab yeah. dogs. Uh, they're, they're, our dogs have been uh, the story of of, of the of dogs in our contemporary habitats is is pretty new, and it relates to the fact that people you who used to have dogs and had to move in cities uh, around the 18th century missed their animals, and and the only the ones they could have with them were dogs and and then cats, and 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 and, and that's how the, the the new dog, the, the contemporary dog, which is not the working dog anymore, uh, appeared, and, and and we it's 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 obvious that we've created new types of relationships with our dogs, but um, that might not have been the case uh, when people used to only work with dogs. But then we have also created new relationships with our children. You know, when you read about Rousseau. Who, who left his seven children in the street? Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, what what are we yeah. what are we talking about? Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I teach her so, and that's something I often bring up. Is like that we just don't do that anymore. He didn't have any problem with it at all. I was like, yeah, sure, I just did this. And like, but but then I mean, even in even in all the in all the all the literature you find on dogs, all the, the sentiment for dogs has always been very strong. I mean, uh, I love this anecdote about Martin Luther, uh, who's such a severe theologian about everything and who wanted to, you know, who was ready to go to to, 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 to fight for, for any kind of article of faith, a minor article of faith. And, and he, was, he was totally different with his dog. Uh, I, I think his, one of his children had a dog and... Um, and the child asked uh, Martin Luther if his dog was going to go to paradise. So, and and Martin Luther has said yes, uh, and his little golden wag tail will be wagging over there as well. The ogre of reformation being this right. and, and total he, old. <laughs> he, yeah, well, I'm a Luther. I, I was raised a Lutheran, and he knew. He knew very well, better than I do, that, that that's false. <laughs> that according to, yeah, I mean, I don't know how the, 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 the church uh, uh, relates to this to, today, but I, I know it's a question that, that lots of people ask about their dogs, and they don't see why they shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> but, I know what you mean. Yeah, no, because it makes sense. They're so much like us. They should go. That, yeah. that, that, even in the 16th century, that was already the sentiment for dogs. Uh, you'll find dogs like this in, in uh, Albrecht Durer's paintings. Dogs are associated with melon. They're there. You, you, see, you, you can feel that he loves dogs totally. And uh, even a hunter like Gaston Phoebus, a very famous lord, French lord, who had lots of dogs, wrote one of the first books on dogs, has say, says, it's a beautiful, very touching piece of the book. He says, dogs have all the qualities in the world, except they last very, um, for, they don't last long. And, and it, it tells a lot about, even, uh, I mean, what you were saying, even if you have to be hard with dogs, when you put them down, there is <laughs> something... 
something happens even to the to the hardest people. Okay. Okay. So one of the interesting things that I noticed while you were talking is that uh, that we give over these urban spaces to dogs in places like New York and and London and is that true in Paris? Do they have dog parks in Paris? Absolutely not. <laughs> they don't. No, it's very upside down here. Um, you you will be able to um, uh, eat with your dog at a restaurant. Uh, really? Yeah, even have him at your table. Basically, I mean, if it's a laptop, you can bring your dog to a table. You've got to be kidding me. Is that really? But, that's but, astounding. But, but, right, yeah. but then you can't ha- you can't take him in a park. It's totally absurd. Um, uh, I, I, I I mean. The difference between Anglo-Saxon culture and, and French culture regarding animals, in generally speaking, is is obviously fascinating. It's it's. So wait, just let me get this right. I, I've got to ask this. So you, you can actually take a dog into a restaurant? Oh yeah, any restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, I did not. I did not know that. Well, you know, I know a lot of people in. Um, uh, well, uh, Koreans and Chinese people, and to them, the at least some of them, some of the ones that I know, the idea of having a dog inside, that is where you live, is uh, it's it's haram. It's not it's not kosher. Right. It's you can't do that. Yeah, and th- and when I tell them that it's okay to have a dog inside in the United States, they just don't quite get that. <laughs> like how that could possibly be. It's a little bit. It's to give an analogy. It's a little bit like. I told these Chinese students I was teaching once that in America, you can walk into somebody's house with your shoes on. Right. And they didn't believe me. <laughs> they didn't believe me. They were like, because they had just come from China and like, nah, come on, stop it. That's really not true, is it? I mean, you know, it's really true. You can walk into an American's house and leave your shoes on most of the time. And they were absolutely astounded by this. Um, I wanted to talk about why dogs have such a bad reputation. Um, because we, we have this expression in English, as you know, uh, you're a dog. It's not so, you know, to call someone a dog is not a good thing. Uh, it's a very bad thing. And in many cultures and religions, being called a dog is a, an extraordinarily bad thing. Can you speculate a little oh, bit? I, I would link it to, to the conversation we had on submissiveness. I think it's really, it's, it's really something about this, um, the fact that our, our civilizations have been constructed on 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 the on the false premise that anything which is masculine is good and anything which is uh, and all these values associated with masculinity which is activity um power uh, i don't know uh, freedom uh, are, are have to are to be valued and and, and that any any kind of animal or person or or obviously another sex than masculine um should should be um uh, impure or or, or or and 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 furthermore uh, uh, repressed and uh, i think that's just the story of civilization civilizations how they've been for for centuries and and, and even more than for, for thousands of years um, um, we're just coming out of this this has been a hundred years only that we've been coming out of this that, that, that stereotype and, and, and obviously you, you see you, you see that when when Trump says dying like a dog or his opponents are dogs or, or women are dogs uh, or bitches uh, um, you, you see that, that kind of archaic power play of, of the, the, the would-be strongman 
uh, treating uh, dogs that way uh, so badly. But it, but but it's it's it, it's really the end of that. I think I think uh, the, the the liberation movements, emancipation movements uh, of women of of of, uh, of animal rights and and and. and and, and, and now, even I mean, dogs who even inside the animal right movement had a very special place because you know even activists didn't know what to do with dogs uh, is, is is dramatically changing for the best. And, and uh, I think I think this yeah I think we'll we'll have I, I I'm sure we'll deal less and less with this. Um, it's 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 over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I tend to agree with you because, you know, one of the things that I just noticed in the U.S. news that uh, cruelty to animals became a federal crime in the United States just very recently, like in the last couple of days. And again, where I grew up, cruelty to the animal, I mean, it was a thing. I mean, you, you weren't supposed to be cruel to animals, but it, the idea that it, there would be federal legislation, <laughs> that that was not something on my radar when I was growing up. Not to say I was cruel to animals. I, I wasn't cruel to animals. I, I loved them and took care of them. But, you know, that that is a definite change in attitude toward the animal kingdom, and particularly, I think, toward dogs and cats, yeah. And it's a very, very deep and slow to, 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 to happen because it's so encrusted in our culture. I mean, uh, there are two things, uh, particularly well, in France in particular, the idea that animals and machines is, uh, relates to Descartes and, and, and uh, 16th century thought. And and uh, that's probably why there you know there's so little space for animals in the city in in France. They're, they're still in a sense machines, and as you said, germ 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 vectors and stuff. Um, and then in the in in the Anglo-Saxon culture or in the, the general Western culture, there's this idea that we forget uh, that's that's um, that was taught um, in the Bible, which which is that the whole of nature is is fallen from grace, and uh, that that nature as a whole has has no meaning. It's just dead, and and it's just there to be. Uh, used by 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 human beings and particularly men, uh, we we tend to forget because the the, the, uh, the church doesn't like to talk too much of that and it's trying to take an, an ecological turn. But it's very very difficult for for Christian civil cultures to make this turn because it's just not uh, what what we were told for 2,000 years. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I had never really thought about it in that way, that it was the submissiveness of dogs that was really being dismissed, and in kind of an offhanded way, too. It's never direct. Nobody ever says, you're a dog because you're submissive. <laughs> they, they, they just say you're a dog, and the rest is kind of implied. You, it, but, but what, 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 it, what really is meant is you're a dog because you're taking pleasure in things that I am not authorized to take pleasure yeah, in. Yeah, well put. Yeah, right. That's, that's, very, that's very well put. And I'm jealous. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So do, do you have any particular thoughts on the animal rights movement or anything like this i i haven't thought about it at all really because like i say i keep fish and i have some birds and <laughs> so i don't really identify with them very much so um well 
wasn't the, the, the no the main point of the book. Oh no, not at really all. Yeah, I was just dive yeah. into animal yeah, rights, no. which is a very very complicated and developing topic. And uh, obviously, I, I, I just my limits with animal rights would be that they 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 shouldn't authorize um, to to to. Uh, belittle human rights <laughs> I, yeah, I think right. i think yeah. uh, you know there's a, sometimes you, you you're not quite sure i mean loving animals is something and, and i think loving humans is, is something else and still and i my my the metaphor i tend to use to to explain the difference that you can still make between animals and human beings is the same as you can make between liquid water and solid water. I mean, we are made of the same molecules yeah. as well as solid water and liquid water are made of. But if you take a, a kilo of solid water on your feet, it'll probably be broken. Yeah, uh, which will <laughs> not point. be the case if it's yeah. a, if it's a key if it's a liter of liquid water, and that, and that makes a difference. I mean, there are differences. There, there we have differences in our brains, our, our prefrontal cortex is is has developed um, uh, very differently and, and and in part thanks to dogs because dogs have taken on them to to as i was saying to 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 develop uh, functions in their brains that could liberate space for our prefrontal cortex to to evolve and and take the the, the remaining space so so it is their sacrifice uh, has is 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 uh, fundamental to the development of the of, of the human species as we know it. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that. That's great. Um, we've taken up a lot of your time. Before uh, I let you go, um, could you tell us what you're working on now? I am actually working on climate change, <laughs> which is <laughs> okay. kind of a, a follow. I mean, it's, it, there's there's some logic in 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 in, in all this. Uh, yeah, I've written a little book. Um, uh, called uh, carbo-fascism, uh, what it is and how to fight it. Well, we'll have to have you on the network when that's done. I hope you, you stay in touch. Let me tell everybody that's been listening to this interview that we've been talking to Mark Alizard about his book, Dogs. It's out from Polity Press. I encourage you to buy it. It has many, many great virtues. One of them is, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, is that it's short and pithy. I like short and pithy books. I, having written some long and turgid ones, I, I don't really recommend them. But this one, you can actually sit down and read, and so that's a, a, a that's a that's a great virtue for a book. So, Mark, let me say uh, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Marshall. Absolutely, my pleasure. <laughs>